This is a 980 CKNW podcast. And if you're wondering where Santa is right now, according to the NORAD Santa tracker, he's still in Russia. Russia's taking a bit of time. He's almost at two million gifts delivered. We'll be there in a matter of seconds. He is right now flying over a place I cannot pronounce, but he will arrive there in about 12 seconds. Uh, Claire Newell is joining us on the line, as she does every Sunday morning. Claire, Santa's flying around. He has no issues whatsoever. No, uh, he is so lucky. He doesn't have to go through any airports. He doesn't doesn't have to deal with any customs. He's got like the world's best passport. He gets in and out of every country without any incident. And I just love that you're tracking where he is because it's amazing how fast he can actually go around the world. A little faster than than you and I when we travel, but you have some tips. Uh, and you've said this before, and I know this is a very important one, the travel.gc.ca. Always register there. Yes. And I, you know, it's, it's Christmas and it's a really happy season, but, uh, uh, people may realize, um, that earlier this year, so about 11 or months ago or so, I had a friend whose daughter passed away while in Thailand in a Jeep accident. And actually that's kind of what spurred me to remind people about foreign road trip safety. Uh, if you've ever, ever heard me speak, you probably know that I never, very rarely rent a car. In fact, if our family rents one, my husband drives, I hate it. I would way rather just have somebody who knows those roads do it um, because the World Health Organization reports that about 1.25 million people die each year in traffic accidents and about 50 million others suffer non-fatal injuries. Um, and a whopping 90% of the world's traffic fatalities occur in developing nations, despite those countries only having half of the world's motor vehicles. So for anyone, any travelers planning road trips or to rent a vehicle while they're away, these statistics are a real wake-up call. So what I wanted to go through was some tips to help keep you safe the next time that you are actually driving in a foreign country and you nailed it when you said, please go to travel.gc.ca. So not only is this a place where you need to go to actually register your trip, and if you've not registered a trip before, it takes three minutes. You go on there, you need your full legal name, your passport, passport number, the dates you're traveling, where you're going, and the, the government will know where you are should something happen um, because they can help you, they can assist you. But that site also has information on local traffic safety and road conditions by destination. So besides driving on the other side of the road in certain countries, there are other regulations that you need to be aware of. And that site has all of it because the Canadian government wants us to be smarty pant travelers. And um, that's where they list all the information. And for so, anyone who's concerned that this is the government tracking you or taking your information, uh, it's not. This is simply, my guess is they're not using this for anything other than if there's an incident, if something happens, they know where you are. And that's when things do happen. And we hear there are four Canadians or there are six Canadians there. That's because people have registered with this and they now know you need help. Exactly. And they will be there to support whatever type of thing you need, including recognizance flight, for example, for a natural disaster. Um I am, like I say, I'm not a traveler but uh, that rents vehicles, but um, one of the things that if you are and you're flying a long way, you need to make sure you rest before you consider driving. And I know a lot of people don't. They basically, as soon as they land, regardless of the, the length of flight, regardless if they got sleep on board that aircraft, they rent their vehicle from 
the airport location. So just as long as you've taken into consideration the fact that you may have slower reaction time, um, so it's just something to consider. Make sure, maybe it would be worth taking a transfer or a, a bus to your hotel and rent it the next day. But it's just really something that you need to evaluate. The other thing is, if you are actually capable of driving on the other side of the road, I know myself, there is no way that I, if I was visiting a country, that I would be able to drive on the opposite side of the road. So if that's the case, you may want to forego driving there. Um, the... I don't know about you. Would you do it? No, because it would just be so stressful. And who wants to be that stressed out while you're on vacation and worried about running into people and hitting people or getting in a crash? That's not doesn't sound fun at all. It doesn't. And these days with Lyft and Uber and the fact that many places, uh, taxi cabs or public transit are so inexpensive. This is why I always, you know, tell people to think twice. The other thing <laughs> is sharing the road. So I've been in places where... It's not just you're sharing the road with pedestrians, but it's things like motorcycles, livestock, tractors, rickshaws, bikes. You should see what (laughs) the roads that I've been on. I was uh, talking to a girlfriend of mine who did a self-drive tour in Ireland. They had such a great time. The roads were not too busy and they did take their time. Um, Her husband was the one who drove on the other side of the road. But she said it was chaotic. There were sheep at times blocking the road. And so as long as you're prepared for that. But one thing I do suggest that people avoid, if they can, is driving at night, especially in developing countries. Because in many of these places, motorists don't drive with their headlights on at night. Sometimes they're under this mistaken belief that they're going to save the car's battery life by keeping their lights off. So it just becomes really frightening in, in my mind. And I know that I, there's people in my circle who have rented vehicles, including motorbikes or scooters, which in, you know, in some parts of the world, it's, it's actually really easy. I know the Cook Islands, there's hundreds of them everywhere. And it's a, you can go around the island in like, like less than a couple of hours, even with stops. And in some places, it's not illegal to drive without a helmet, but I don't care where you are, what you're anything in our, in our house, it's with there's wheels, there's helmets. So like no bike, no, no helmet, no bike. And so that's just something to, to consider as well. If they don't offer a helmet to you, then think about even bringing one with you or they should have some that you're able to rent, but that's kind of a, a must. And you also need to make sure that you have insurance. So if you've ever rented a vehicle and they've just given you the keys and you've walked away, you, you gotta, you've got to stop there and you've got to say, oh, no, 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 I want to go through and take a look at this vehicle because if there are little tiny dings, if there are scratches, anything at all on that vehicle, you're going to be blamed unless there's been a note on that. And I know in certain parts of the world, they'll just throw you the keys, you just hop in and drive away, but you need to, you need to demand that there's notes on the little dings and things like that. Way back when I was very early on in our marriage, we did rent a vehicle. It was in Mexico. We rented it through a national, like an international branded car rental agency. A tire popped on the road. They were so paper thin and we were charged $500 for it, which is ridiculous. (laughs) In Mexico, we could have bought four tires for that vehicle, but um, it was just in the fine print and we didn't go through it. So... You know, I'm, you need to make sure you've got rental 
insurance on the vehicle. I'm not saying take the car rental companies, but you need to make sure that you either buy it before, whether you've got Roadstar, you may be covered in the country you're going to. I mean, you may have it through a work policy, but you know, most of the time you need to maybe top it up, and but you can buy that ahead of time. All right. Good advice. Uh, Let's get to some deals, because once people get through the holidays, my guess is there are going to be a lot of people who want to take off and have a little time away. Do you know what, Jill? That's so interesting that you say that, because I I don't know if anyone understands how busy Travel Best Bets gets in January. (laughs) We book more in January than any other month of the year, by double the next closest month. And I think it's because people sit around over the holidays and plan out what they want to do in 20, like in the next year. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. People like to plan and book it out of here. So the first deal I've got is a five-night Las Vegas cruise and stay that's leaving on April 22nd. For those who know about cruise and stays, they happen in the spring, April, May, or they happen again September, October when the ship's going in and out of Alaska reposition. So this one, again, April the 22nd, but this package includes your airfare, two nights hotel in Las Vegas. You are then put on a motor coach and transferred out to L.A., you board a cruise ship and you sail for three nights on that cruise ship up to Vancouver. The transfer is included $398. That is, it's crazy. The taxes though are almost the same. They're $348. So the five night package is $746. Keeping in mind that on the three night cruise, that's your meals, entertainment and accommodation. So the next one I've got is to Maui, and this is for April the 4th or 19th. There are other dates around that, just a wee bit more money. But this is for airfare and seven nights staying in a hotel in the Kahana area of Maui. $6.99. Taxes of 225, that's 924. And I know that there are dates in January and February that it is 924 for the base airfare, not including taxes. So a good deal for a package to Maui. And the last deal I've got for you is a bucket list trip. So if you've been thinking about doing South Africa, this is a great year to do it. We actually sold out of the March date already, but June the 29th is still available. This is a package that goes into uh, Cape Town and then out of Johannesburg. It's leaving June 29th, as I said, the airfare 13-night fully guided vacation. That means all of the game drives, 22 of your meals, all of the sightseeing tours and transfers. It's a big number, Jill. It's $6,099. Taxes on that are seven thirty nine, so sixty eight thirty eight per person. I will tell you though that about three or four years ago, that package was almost eight thousand dollars, and that's because our Canadian dollar is very strong against the South African rand. So if it is a place that you've had on your bucket list and you kind of want to knock it off this year, this would be the year to go. All right, it's expensive, but if you want to do it, not a bad price. A bucket list, bucket list trip. (laughs) Anyway, I hope Santa finds you tomorrow morning, Jill. I'm sure he will. Same to you, Claire. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you New Year's Eve. All right. Sounds good. That is Claire Newell, president of Travel Best Bets. You can find out about these deals and much, much more on the website, travelbestbets.com. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.